Hi there, welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with uh, Head of Development at Giant Space, Capriano Wu. How you doing, Bree? I am. I'm very jealous of you, Steve. You just got back from Disney. I did. You just got back from Disney. I have been fantasizing. I have been dreaming about Disneyland all week. Disney World, whatever you want to call it. I had a dream. Disney World's the one without the measles. Right, right. (laughs) That's that's a plus. I actually had a dream (laughs) that our families went to Disney World together like three days ago. I was so jealous. That almost happened. That almost it happened last happen. year. It should happen. You should find a reason to go back down there. You I know think. what? When yeah. if, if and when we go next year, I will let you guys know in advance, and we can try to coordinate it because that would be like the oh, best that ever. Would be so Isn't that good. what we're gonna do? Like like Disney World without Maddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you three were all gonna go with your <laughs> right. families, and I wasn't yeah. gonna go. I was going to be sure to have other plans. And then we're going to get a table, like when they have like the Super Bowl MVP, you know, that table right in front of the castle. We're going to get that to do a live show. Yeah. And we're going to have an empty spot. I was going to say that. I was going to say you should like <laughs> pour a glass for Elijah, except that it's me instead of Elijah. And I also never show up, unlike Elijah. We can do the cutout, Maddie, and just bring her everywhere and take photos with like yeah. cutout Maddie. That's so sad. I, you know, I think I think you all should consider bringing me. I just want I just want to float that idea. Well, well, you know what? We'll ju- we'll just get like a Samus amiibo and just put it on the table. Yeah, I actually bought a Samus amiibo this week. That's not important to the show at all, but I did do that anyway. <laughs> That's important. I I have a personal apology to you too, Steve. I, okay. I really huh. do. So I did something that was very dangerous to your family, and I didn't know this. So I bought a while back. I bought your daughters a Nerf um, like bow, you know, like a Katniss bow. So I finally bought one of those for myself this week. And oh my god, that thing is dangerous. <laughs> that oh, thing good. is really dangerous. Awesome. We'll send them outside with it and then right. we won't we won't hear from them again. No, It'll be great. I am so sorry. Like <laughs> I I had I had visions in my mind of your adorable little girls like shooting like little bows at each other and like it being all harmless and stuff. No, this is like this would really you could absolutely blind someone if you hit them in the <laughs> eye with this thing. Like it's not a joke. Like, this is not a toy for, like, very young children, I think, so. Well, luckily, I took them to the Frontierland shooting arcade, and nobody okay. had any interest in anything. So, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, that might be—we might be able to uh, save that for them until they're a little bit older. Okay, wow. Yeah, that bow is dangerous. <laughs> Don't buy that for your kids. Or, you know, Don't. if we'll have, right. uh, you know, we'll have punishment by a Nerf Rebel Gun if, if they start misbehaving. Yeah, that would I just be feel acceptable. like saying, poor Frank. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shoot that at Frank. I mean, I will shoot a Nerf gun at him. Oh my god, I will get like the one with the 50 belt clip. They have Nerf guns with actual <laughs> drums of ammunition that you clunk into the side with like 50 darts in it. And I will unload that mofo at him with no abandon, aim at his eyes, his face, all of that. No, no pity. But this bow is so powerful that it's like, oh, oh no, I can't. That's that's too far. I'm so. imagining like a William Tell scenario with Frank having the apple on his head and you just aiming at him with the nerf with the nerf uh, crossbow yeah that's not gonna go well <laughs> oh my god i know what we have to do we have to do an isometric paintball session have i asked this before i feel we've like we've talked I'm about this and I, right now we've talked about this and i've informed this you that my skin is very is very very weak in montreal <laughs> i'm the only person who already owns a gun and mask and camouflage i already I am, have all the stuff i am <laughs> I'm already overqualified. Okay, okay. I bruise easily. 
then you're you're dead. You're dead, Steve. We're all aiming for you, you because then the we get to march to shop and sign species. them. Like whatever, Steve. Anyway, why don't you introduce me? Why won't you do this, Steve? Why? <laughs> so we also have assistant games editor, Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing really great. I just ate some mac and cheese. It was really delicious. And now I'm talking to my favorite people. What's up? I'm well, you, excited to be here. Was it mac and cheese or craft dinner? It was mac and cheese. Annie's mac and cheese. Oh, okay. Annie's cheddar. It's like as good as craft, but why am I talking about this? <laughs> They're not a sponsor. Why Annie's are you bus marketing mac and cheese, Annie's mac and call cheese? Call us and let us know if you want to sponsor the show because I think you guys are great. <laughs> Uh, we also have a psychotherapist by day and senior editor from imore.com by night and host of the Vector podcast, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? Fear me. <laughs> you, you worked on that all week, didn't you? I've been it's hoping to. Like, I can get this. Come on. I have, like, everyone on Twitter talking about how horrible I am with sound effects. Uh, it's true. Did anybody talk to you about your Batman voice this week or no? They did. They did. But they were all like, it was almost like pity. It was like, oh, that was good try, Georgia. Did your Be visa to Ireland that. get re- get revoked after your Lucky Charms uh, impersonation? Or <laughs> I had, I don't think that they heard it because I just had a conference call with, with uh, everyone from there and no one mentioned it. So I'm like, oh, good. I hope they didn't, did, hope they didn't hear it. Yeah, no, but nobody listens to this show anyway. It's, it's fine. like, yeah, Georgia, it's fine. you are no longer invited. <sighs> You're not able to speak anymore. Quickly with housekeeping, because last time last week the housekeeping turned into twenty minutes. Um, but <laughs> this will be fast because it's all about me. It's all about Maddie. So Maddie, you're going to be getting to hear a lot more of Maddie this week. Hopefully, around the time that you hear this, uh, Maddie will be on both Justice Points and Less Than or Equal this week. So that's right. That's right. I didn't intend for that to happen, but all the schedules lined up such that I'm guessing on two other podcasts in one week. All the talking is done by me. So yeah, I already recorded the Less Than or Equal earlier this week, and I pretty much talked about cosplay the whole time because Aline wanted to know how to build foam armor, and I told her in great detail. <laughs> so if you want to hear about that, uh, that's what that episode is going to be. And we also talked about serious stuff too, like sexual harassment policies at conventions. But mostly I talked about craft foam, so it's pretty fun. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow I'm going to be on Justice Points, and we tomorrow we're recording it. It will already be out, I guess, the day after I don't know. Time, the future, <laughs> things will happen. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I haven't recorded it yet, but, you know, I'll be my usual snarky self. You'll talk about mac and cheese for an hour and a half, I probably sure. will. If they let me get away with it, I will. Or I'll talk about my Samus amiibo. It's really cute. I think you should I think you should filibuster and, uh, and, and just talk about my mac and cheese. I feel like they would let me do that. They probably I, would. They're too nice. <laughs> <laughs> Aline let me filibuster, too. She let me talk about foam for way too long. Yeah, Aline let me talk about desert golfing for half an hour when I was on her show, yeah, so, you know, it's yeah. all good. By the way, Georgia, you are the only person from Isometric who has not guessed on Less Than or Equal yet. I so know. Should... I am the least cared for. I am the least cared for person. That's not, that's not true at all. <laughs> I, 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 I'm the last one. I am the, she the whole She already told me she really wanted to ask you, so I think I can get this date set up. Can I don't you, know. Can you work that out for me? Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. I did do, though, and, and, and I, I realized two, two horrible things about myself. One is I, I have to actually give back my geek creds. Because I am not as geeky as I thought I was. I don't have as much geek knowledge. Brie, you might have more than me. But um, I did uh, the game show on uh, The Incomparable. I did the game show where we, we fight out like geek knowledge. I know nothing. I now know I know 
nothing. It was relatively Oh my god, I'm I'm completely screwed then. If don't, you're don't saying do you it, know Steve. nothing, Steve, like don't no, do it. no, I I'm, Re, I would re, maybe be afraid. You should do it. I I should not. I should. You know when you think back and you're like, I'm going to do it anyways. I, I probably should say no, but I'm going to do it anyways, and that's going to be you know gutsy of me. No, I probably should have said no. I totally humiliated myself. And the other one is I'm relatively prudish because I did an article from iMore, which was like uh, we ended up putting it out as like. Uh, uh, ways to have your like ways to be procrastination with your iPhone. Yeah, ways to kick your procrastinations, but with your iPhone. But that wasn't the way it was written at first. It was at first it was like the ways to kick your the ways to kick another way to say but. I guess I can't say you it. You can actually. say ass. It's fine. Okay, quick <laughs> ways to kick procrastinations ass with your iPhone. And I looked and I went. I can't do it. I don't actually. I can't do that. That's not okay. We have to change it to like but or. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I was like, I'm so what? vanilla. I'm like, I've I've out Canadian myself. So yeah, wow. at least you didn't go all the way to bum. So that that's okay. <laughs> I was so like, oh, I can't, I can't put it out. I can't. Wow. I, can't. I know. Wow. I know. I know, man. Does Imore not publish any swears? Pace they would have. Swears. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Peter would swear, but it just was not me. in the headline. This is it's... this is the institution like publish a photo of George's butt that's what I was thinking this right. whole time I was right. I was like oh is this gonna go back to George's butt but then sadly it didn't but I mean <laughs> that's fine now we're in a different topic where I'm asking about iMore's editorial policies because I'm curious <laughs> right right now they they, they swear and and uh, Peter has a uh, not safe oh, he's filthy. He's filthy. <laughs> yeah, you hang out with Peter in person. You know, what's amazing about Peter when you hang out with him is he looks like someone that, like, like he's a big dude, but he is so sweet. He is so amazingly sweet and nice. So I, like, I run into him at this event. He's this huge dude. And, like, he's awesome. Like, I would, I would guess that, like, I could talk to him about, like, motorcycles and shotguns and like all kinds of stuff and then like the dude opens up with like this 20 out of 10 conversation on feminism and you're like dude you're awesome like <laughs> like it is like such a weird dichotomy uh, he's amazing he's absolutely uh yeah he's he's just he's just fabulous Our, and he doesn't have any qualms about swearing but i went yeah, that doesn't make me feel comfortable. I have to change it. And I'm like, Renee, Renee, would it be okay if we, like, changed it to, like, but or, you know, got rid of procrastination? He's like, I'm going to change it to something, like, different and rude every hour. It was, like, so funny. He's like, I'm going to say how to murder procrastination with your iPhone or how to, like, you know destroy it you know i was like yeah i i can't do it i, I want to say it. it the other way with like renee pounding his fist on the table like no there will be ass and i more there will not be any compromises ass, I'm so ass lucky right breathing. now dal if you ran i more i'd be in so much trouble <laughs> we would like be re-editing my t- she just like randomly change every third word in the in the article to ask just to spite you. Exactly, exactly. You're gonna get over this right now, right now, <laughs> Dow. So, Georgia, you have this game you want us to play. Is it going to be changing oh. all of how how many times we can work the word "ass" into our uh, into our oh speech my this goodness, week? Goodness, no, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I'm so lame. Um, no, 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 no. Okay, so here's the way that the game is going to run. So this is for the audience, but I was thinking that we could also play, but but um, Steve, Maddie, and Bree, you guys are going to type in the answer into Skype, so you guys can still get it, but no one else is going to know. So you have to be careful about not, like, blurting an answer. And these are just, like, my favorite games uh, from when I was younger. And so they're just the sound of the games, and you have to try to guess what games they are. And okay. I have five of them, and who knows, maybe I will send an uh, actual hand turkey picture to one random person that uh, lets me know. Maybe. Wait, like on paper? I'll actually I'll draw another hand turkey. Oh, wow. Send it out. It'll be Whoa. an original. Do you have enough time for that? Do you have enough time? Are you going to sign it and, and, you know, number it one of one? Who knows? Maybe, maybe if, if uh, yeah, yeah, one of one, one of two, or, I don't know, yeah, some, I don't know, yes. <laughs> I imagine it's like Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel, like you <laughs> laying on a scaffold, <laughs> breaking your back, tracing right. a hand turkey for, for, for a long that's, time. That's who I studied under. Yeah. I'm older than you think. Okay, oh. ready? <laughs> Ready for this? I I could never be ready for this. Oh, I love this. That's, I'm as ready as I'm going to be, which is not very. So go ahead. You won last time. I don't know. I know. I don't know, Steve. That, was, like that was beginner's luck is what that is. Was it? No way. I feel like you and Georgia have similar taste in games. That could be. And what if possible. all these games came out before I was born? Games from Georgia's childhood. This seems biased against me. <laughs> I'm just like assuming hot. I'm going to lose. So I'm being defensive ahead of time. No, they it's are fine, older, it's fine. but they are iconic. I promise. Okay, you we'll probably see. like maybe. Here's the first one. Okay. Uh, I have no idea what that is. Type. Don't say. Well, I can say that I don't know what the hell it is. I do know what it is, but I don't know what it is, and it's <laughs> I love. I hate bother that. me. I hate oh. that. I have okay? no idea. Yeah. I put it okay. in this, but I don't know if it's right. Did I you? don't know what it is, but I know it's not what you typed. I don't know why. <laughs> really? I did okay. not get that. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Our listeners, listeners are screaming at their car stereos <laughs> right now that we don't know anything. <laughs> Here we go. That's it. That is number two. You're digging oh. deep here, Georgia. Yeah. Aww. I am. Next one. This one has a, is a, might be a little harder. That is number three. Are people guessing in the live chat? And like oh, yeah. For each other? It's going crazy. Oh, they are. Oh, I'm not going to look at this. That's like cheating. I'm not going to look at it. Okay. Gives me the right. No, I know, but I don't. Listen, all my gamer cred. No, I know. Gamer cred today. Yeah, what even? What? It's like all all early '80s arcade games sound like almost exactly alike. I know they all just sound like variations on Donkey Kong. All of them sound like that to me. <laughs> and I don't know if that makes me really smart or really stupid. 
Oh. <laughs> I'll go with really smart. How about that? They're all Mega Man, okay? No, they're not. Well, that at least I know. It's not Mega Man. That I know. I'm just kidding. I don't think any of them are. Anyway, we're not supposed to be saying any of the answers. Eh, Is there more, Georgia? Really? Is there another one? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this is it. This Wait. is it, right? It's. That's, wow. It's. There we go. I have no idea about any of these. I'm sorry. I am getting enough today. I am excited to find out that these are five games I've never heard of in my life. Like, I <laughs> no, I intend no. to read this list and be like, wow, okay. Don't know what any of those are. That first one sounded so familiar, though. Did it? Oh. The first one is definitely, you definitely know the first one. Okay. All right. So are you going to tell us what the answers are now? You, no, you want, I won't don't. tell. The, I'm Just not going to tell them, the chat. Type no. them into the Skype chat for us. Okay. And okay, then you can sure. reveal okay. them later. Okay. In the meantime. Oh, so I guess we're going to, are, are we going to let people like write in or, or exactly. tweet us they and then whoever, in. who tweet us and whoever gets the answers first, you know, gets after Monday gets response from Georgia. With maybe we'll give it to like one, one person now in the chat room and one person, um, one person who's listening to it after the show comes out. That sounds good. Okay. That sounds way too complicated. We should just give hand turkeys to everybody. No, I can't. I can't. You're gonna exhaust me. It's it's just way. You know how much effort I you go to put to into all those draw all the hand turkeys. You could just I can't photocopy them. Reproduce. This is why you had children. You you outsource this to them. They're learning about American culture. <laughs> Steve, that's illegal, and it's inappropriate for you to suggest that. <laughs> I outsource work to my kids all the time. That's you know. You shouldn't that's, admit that on the show. I know. I know. Do you realize that this show is going out publicly and that authorities <laughs> listen to it? <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm trying to get them to join a union or something. Well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'll see if I can get them to sign up. I think we, after that, we should probably take a break. So, and then we'll we'll actually get to talking about some video. Well, we'll get to talking about some video games instead of playing sound effects from some video games. Isometric this week is brought to you actually by a bunch of sponsors this week. But the first uh, sponsor this week is Five Four Club. Do you hate shopping? Most men do, but Five Four can help. Five Four is a contemporary apparel brand based out of L.A. Uh, founded in 2002, uh, they alleviate the stress of shopping for men while providing value, style, and exclusivity all at the same time. You go into their website, you fill out their nine-step style profile. It takes you less than a minute, and then you never have to worry about shopping for clothes again. You're going to pick from one of three profiles, uh, t-shirt and jeans, dress to impress, or business casual, and then you go in and you fine-tune your preferences, and then everything goes to a stylist who then picks your package. Everything's designed in-house. No other company can give you the same styles and fit as 5.4, and the best part is for just $60 a month, you're going to receive $120 worth of clothing. Uh, don't worry about size exchanges. If something doesn't fit, you can return it to 5.4 uh, free and easy. Um, it's exclusive. Uh, 5.4 is only available for current club members. Even the online store uh, members are given their own referral code upon sign up that gets them fifteen dollars off their package for every friend they refer. Bree's gotten some stuff uh, for Frank that she talked about last week, yeah. and uh, is, is Frank still looking as dapper as ever? Yeah, Frank? yeah, yeah. He uh, he came in yesterday. He goes, "Hey, hey, Bree, is a uh, is a uh, damn bedroom and five by five? Are they gonna keep sending us this stuff? Because <laughs> I want I want something with more colors. Like this is great. <laughs> so yeah, he's hooked on it. Like we're totally gonna sign up for it. Like even like after." the sponsorships done and all of that like i think they're they're amazing so uh yeah yeah frank frank will not go shopping so this is a dream for me 
and then you don't have to leave the house, so even better. That's that's awesome. More time to stay here, and uh, yeah. yeah, you just play you just play, sit around, play Final Fantasy Tactics, and wait for your clothes to show Pretty up. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So expand your wardrobe. Go to get54.com, F-I-V-E-F-O-U-R, and use the offer code ISO twenty off. That's I S O two zero O F F to get twenty dollars off your first box. And thank you very much to Five Four Club for sponsoring Five by Five and Isometric. You know, sometimes I talk to people that have ideas for startups, and I'm like, oh, I wish I'd thought of that, because it's a really good solution to a problem. This is one of those. Like, I mean, Maddie and Jordan, you've had, like, I'm sure boyfriends, husbands, whatever, that, like, won't go shopping, right? I mean, it's awful. Yeah. I have one now. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, they dress like a grad student forever, so... I mean, I don't yeah. mind shopping. I just don't ever know what is going to look good on me. So if I can outsource that and give that to somebody who can, you know, just pick stuff and have me try it, then, you know, that's a lot easier than me going into Banana Republic or whatever and getting sticker price and then not being able to focus on actually trying stuff on. You know, if I can just go and pay somebody and say, send me a bunch of stuff and I'll see what I like, you know, and if a lot of it works, then that's what's wrong with that, you know? Steve, I have to I have to totally laugh at what you're saying though, because I've gotten like five million texts this year where you're like on a Saturday and you're like in like American Girl or some store like that with your daughter. So oh, yeah. like you actually go shopping all the time. Yeah, so, no, I'm shopping yeah. all the time, but it's right. never for me. Right. I spend <laughs> a lot of time in Jimboree. More yeah. time than I would like to admit. Actually, most of the time <laughs> I spend in Newbury Comics while Maureen's in Jimboree. But we spend Steve, a lot of time. You're a cautionary tale. I am. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an enigma wrapped in a cautionary tale is what I am. Mostly the cautionary tale part. Yeah. Mostly that. I mean, you know, American Girl's fine, but I don't know if I want to start spending all my time in there. Dolls are creepy. <laughs> Say it. I enjoy my time in there because my kids enjoy their time in there. And I'll just put it, leave it at that. Yeah, you have there. to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and they mostly get gift cards, so it doesn't, you know, doesn't cost me a lot. So You have to say that because of union rules. Yeah, well, right. you know, the, the right. union that I haven't signed the kids up for yet. <laughs> All right, so, Bri, are you going to explain this Persona 5 trailer to us? Because I tried to watch it, and I think I my brain just got overloaded with everything that was going on, and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I turned off. I was like, oh, look at, no. And it was so cute because, like, the uh, link that you sent us was like, you know, everyone is enamored and can't stop watching this Persona oh, 5 yeah, trailer. And yeah, I turned yeah, it on yeah. for, like... 10 seconds, I was like, okay, I'm good, I'm out. <laughs> That's it for what? me. There's what? a cat. I, I got that there's a cat. What? Georgia. Nothing. Georgia. Betrayal. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. I do not know. I, I, I thought we were friends. <laughs> I, 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 I can't process I, it. I, I don't know. I feel like people are either so in love with the Persona 5 trailer that it's all they can talk about today, or they're the other three people on this podcast that aren't Brianna Wu. I, I mean, I don't I don't know. I've tried to play Persona before, and I think I even talked about it on this show, and I, I don't know if I can get into it. But I, I feel like I know so many people who love it that I, I gotta keep trying. I gotta keep going back, you know? Anyway, Bri, 
tell us is, are these new characters is this like are plot points being revealed is well this like- i mean you know the basics i i don't want to spoil it for people but there are basic components to every single uh every single persona game i mean you have shadows and you have like the the creepy dude with the the long nose igor that's in the room when you start off and like that's all there but persona at its core more than anything is about high school students and it's 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 really a character drama. So you have characters that are like struggling with something inside of themselves. This particular persona I'm really excited about because it's it's all about like people that don't feel like they can be themselves in the real world. They feel like they're kind of being forced to act in ways or like put on a mask that doesn't genuinely feel like them. And I think that's a, a theme that we can all identify with. Yeah, for me watching this, I see like something a Persona series consistently does is they get the best motion graphic artists in the entire industry to do their trailers. So I see this beautiful motion graphics with like red and black it just looks amazing. I see really upgraded gameplay with actual, you know, like, uh, like you saw the thing where he was jumping across the uh, the chandeliers, and there seemed to be like stealth gameplay as you're moving around. That's completely new. I mean, most of Persona is just randomly generated dungeons where you fight the same creatures for hours and hours on end to get to the story stuff you actually care about. The music, I know. Um, God, I'm going to completely butcher his name. Um, you know, Shoji Meguro, or however you say his name. Um, the person has been doing the the music in the Persona series ever since P2. He's a very divisive figure, but I listened to the soundtrack and it's it's him at his absolute best. Uh, you know, he had another game that's coming out soon. It's called Persona uh, Dancing All Night. I've actually listened to that trailer, which is like a two minute trailer, on repeat like two hundred times because I love his music that much, and the the music is so great. So um, I see this, and I see a persona that's extremely ambitious. And it just looked ridiculously good to me, like in themes and character design in graphics and music and gameplay. Um, I think this game is going to be beyond a blockbuster. It's so funny because while you were talking, Brie, because, you know, you are so eloquent in the way that you, you spoke about it. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. And then I thought, maybe I actually watched the wrong trailer. So I had to go back to the link <laughs> to make sure. Did I actually see the right like, was I actually watching the right thing? Because maybe I missed it. And then I went, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah, yeah Georgia I- was actually watching the trailer for Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. <laughs> right, right. And I was hey, like, I'm, I'm going to buy but- that game. I probably Whatever. am, too. But I mean, yeah. what turned you off on it? Was it was it the Japanese, like... No, because I love manga. So I, I don't mind that at all. It just did. There was nothing that in and of itself grabbed me by it. So I've never played pers- any of the Persona games. I I had no affinity towards it. Now, maybe if I played the games, I would be really excited by the next one. But I don't know. I, I, I would actually be really interested to hear if people that did not play a uh, Persona game watch this trailer and they're also, they find it, like, amazing. Or if it's, you have to play it to really get what's happening and why it's, it means so much. You know what I think it is? I, I think this is like, for us, like, if someone were to watch the trailer for the new Star Wars movie having never seen Star Wars before. Because it's like, there's a lot of cool stuff going on, but I don't know what any of these things are, and I don't know how they fit together, and I can't make heads or tails out of this. 
So it's like there's intriguing stuff going on, but without any context and just try, especially because it's in Japanese and you try to try to piece everything together, but without any context to kind of hang your hat on, it's hard to get a sense of what's going on with the game just from what you saw in the trailer. But that's kind of a cool choice, though, because they're basically saying, hey, you know, if you already get it, then you're already on board for this and we don't need to explain any of this. Yeah, that's totally their audience. The trailer does not try to set up any of these characters for me, somebody who doesn't know who they are. It just quickly cuts between these different scenarios that I don't recognize at all. It's not like it's, you know, spoon feeding me this plot. And and even if, yeah, it's in another language, but that shouldn't really matter. Like a lot of times trailers, you can understand the basic premise, just, just watching it. But for this one, they're like, yeah, we don't care. If you don't get it, fine. This is for people who are already on board. And maybe that's true of the game. Like maybe maybe Persona 4 isn't really or 5 isn't going to be accessible to people who haven't played the other ones. No, I don't. Every Persona is a standalone story, even though there are common elements like Final Fantasy. There are going to be you know, chocobos and things like that. But um, I think the beauty of playing a Persona game is like you have Sonic. Like, Sonic would be one end of the spectrum. And you see Sonic, and there's just something about his art design that communicates a thousand things to you on a subconscious level. You know he's fast, you know he's spunky, you know he has attitude, you know he's lovable, you know he's a hero. The exact opposite of that is a Persona game that is perfectly content to, like, take ten hours to kind of ease into a game. And what you end up with is exactly like Danganronpa, which I adore, because it takes so long to get into it that it it, it ends up telling really deep, meaningful, personal stories about these people, which is why, you know, people really have strong feelings about all these different characters. So... I think that, you know, often you hear people, they say, well, I didn't want to go see the movie because it spoils the whole thing. Like, the trailer spoiled it. I think they're kind of trying to avoid that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you about, though, is that it looked like the art style of the actual gameplay felt kind of jarring to me in the same way that Nino Kuni did. I-, I thought this was supposed to be a PS4 game, but the graphics for the gameplay looked really like low-end ps3 from what i from what i was seeing like they they had that kind of almost like pseudo cell shaded look to it but it didn't look like at the same caliber i mean contrasted with the the animated sequences that they're showing like it looked really kind of jarring going from from 2d to 3d did that concern you at all from did that did you pick up on that as well when you were watching the trailer well, yeah. I mean, it, it it looked completely consistent to me. So it it looked uh, just more ambitious. It looked more well put together. But I mean, um, yeah, like Persona games have always had like an anime style kind of mixed with this this 3D perspective thing. So I, I guess it's just a conceit of the series I'm used to at this point. Yeah. I mean, I guess if with, with Nino Kuni in particular, because it's based on Miyazaki stuff, like the they had, I think it's kind of the same thing where it was like you know the the cutscenes would look like a Miyazaki movie they would look you know just beautiful 2D 2D art and then you go into the gameplay and it would be like 3D versions of that and it mm-hmm. but it wouldn't quite look as good and it was kind of jarring to go back and forth 
between those two things? Is that what the Persona series does, you know, consistently, or is that something that's introduced for for Persona Five? It's kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics: War of the Lions, where every once in a while you get like a gorgeously produced movie, and you know sometimes it's it's really uncomfortable, like because it has <laughs> sexual overtones in it, and it's like because it's involving like high school girls, and you're like, whoa, that's a little. <laughs> it's actually like it was really weird in Persona Four because it's like Amanda Wynn Lee, who you know I would consider a friend at this point, and like you're watching all this sexual stuff with her and you're like oh my god this is really uncomfortable um so <laughs> it's it's kind of a it's kind of a mix of that but it's it's again it's a conceit that you just kind of you kind of accept when you're in that world so i don't know it, it, it doesn't bother me because i i just feel like it's so well produced um like the core of a persona game is going to be how much you love these characters and like when i saw their designs here like i gasped they were they were that great. So I don't know. I think um, I'm really excited. My biggest worry is it's coming out to PS3, and I hate using my PS3. So I don't know. I'm hoping. Are they going to bring it to PS4? Do I thought we know I that? saw in one of the articles that it said that it was going to both PS3 and PS4. I couldn't okay. imagine that they would be making a PS3 only game at this point in the PS3's lifespan, especially in Japan. Yeah, that would that would be a surprising move. But that would be strange. Yeah. Uh, so Isometric this week is also brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, Squarespace is the easiest way to build a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Uh, so Squarespace is uh, simple, powerful, and beautiful. It, the, Squarespace is always there for you when you need them. They have 24-7 support via live chat and email. Uh, it starts at $8 a month, and you get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. Uh, every square, site in Squarespace is going to be responsive, so your website always looks great on any device, tablet, phone, on regular web browser, no matter what. Uh, every website comes with a free online store. Uh, they have a new cover pages feature that lets you set up a beautiful one-time, uh, one-page online presence in minutes. Uh, there's so much more. There's a dev platform that lets you get in and tweak the code if you if you want to go beyond the templates that they give you. They have Getty Images integration where you can get professional images for a really low price. So many more things that, that it would take too much time to tell you about. But you can go and get started with a free trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. So when you sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10% off and to show your support for isometric. And uh, thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of 5x5 and isometric. Uh, Squarespace, build it beautiful. So uh, we have a little bit more sad topic to talk about, which is the uh, the end of Joystick. Uh, joystick mm-hmm. with the Q, which is uh, one of the... Uh, uh, presumably, if you're listening to us, you're, you're familiar with Joystick, but Joystick is one of the longest-running uh, gaming news blogs. Uh, they were started in 2004, I believe, and they were part of the, the weblogs um, platform that got bought by AOL, and then AOL, through some cost-cutting measures, has um, decided to shutter Joystick, along with the other sites that were operating under under its umbrella, which were uh, WoW, was it WoW Insider, I think, and, um, and Massively. Yeah, which ends up being, like, over 100 employees that are being let go. It's like a huge amount of employees. Uh, I know it seems kind of like it wouldn't be that many because when we see stuff on the internet, we don't really pay attention to how many bylines there are. And I think people didn't realize that Massively and WoW Insider were connected to Joystick and that they would also be involved here. But um, yeah, stuff like this makes me really sad and worried about my life. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh. 
Anyway, so, I mean, let's go there then. So, I mean, what what was your, I mean, obviously your reaction to that wasn't a happy one, but I mean, is this, I mean, I guess it's worth saying that Joystick was not the only blog to close as part of this. They also shuttered uh, the unofficial Apple web blog. I, I guess you would consider that a competitor to iMore, Georgia? No, we, we love, I have to say, we we had a, a really nice relationship with Tua. Um, they are always really sweet and uh you know, whenever we'd see them, they they were always really kind, nice people. Uh, I think that especially – I think that that was – it was really hard for us, like similar probably to how you feel, Maddie, just because, you know, it's another site that does what you do and, and did some really great, fabulous articles. And so to see – I don't know, just to see sites that, that are – like you know how it feels to to be out there going at things, really caring about stuff. And so to see – sites falling down that are unisites that just deal with one thing and deal with it in in great depth it's very hard yeah yeah it is and i i mean stuff like this makes me worry because i feel like it's not a problem that we figured out how to solve like uh aol is a really big company and to them they can just kind of look at the bottom line and Mm -hmm. be like well this isn't making enough money for us anymore to justify its continued existence and and like that may seem kind of cold to us uh, but that that tends to be how corporate owned media works. And um, usually if uh, media is owned or publication is owned by just one private owner, then they can kind of take more risks. Like I used to work for the Boston Phoenix, which was privately owned, and we purposefully didn't allow ourselves to be sold to a corporation at any point because we knew that it was we could behave a little bit more riskily and really work all the way up until the end. And uh, mm-hmm. the Phoenix did go out of business in 2013, but um, I think we lasted longer because we weren't corporate owned. So we could afford to go into debt <laughs> for longer um, and hope that things would turn around, but uh, they didn't. And, and I think that the, even, even aside from like the corporate versus private ownership thing for, for media publications, like this is something that games journalism has specifically been struggling with, a lot but just journalism in general struggles with and and Mm -hmm. i feel like we haven't really seen a good answer to it and since it's my field it's something that i worry about a lot like like the answers that i've seen that get proposed basically are like okay well we're just going to start doing a ton of listicles because people will click on listicles but they won't click on the feature that people spent tons and tons of hours interviewing everybody for people will not read that feature but they will click on like a list of 10 cat gifts and they will click on like 20 <laughs> lists of 10 cat gifts so if we just fill our That's site so with sad cat it's gifts, so true Maddie. it's very true or you and put like, a gallery I, of 10 cat, cat gifts and then you get 10 views page views for it and what's weird is that i see people complaining about this stuff and being like oh i hate lists i hate them and it's like yeah, but you're clicking on them, aren't you? Because <laughs> yeah, somebody is. I am. And it's true, it's me. We all are. And <laughs> a lot know. of times we're not. That one page view on the really long, thoughtful feature just isn't registering in the same way that the billions of page views on the list of gifts are. And like yeah. making those lists, I mean, I do stuff like that at Paste. We do lists as well. We do news pieces that are not super thought out that we just kind of grind out. I mean, like we have to do that stuff. Everybody does. And, um, it doesn't mean that we enjoy it. I I think Garrett and I would both happily say that we would always rather be editing or writing something more interesting than that stuff, but we have to do that stuff because it's part of what makes us able to meet our page metrics for our advertisers. And that 
is just such a poor way for media to be run, but it's how the internet has ended up being. And um, the way that print journalism used to be, it was possible to make different kinds of compromises with how pages were laid out. You could kind of say like, okay, we're going to have this huge feature here, but we're going to counterbalance it by having something else on this page and so on and so forth. But in online, all that matters is just that one click. I, I realize this is getting really <laughs> down the rabbit hole, guys. But no, but that, I mean, this is what true. this is what people want to hear about, though. It's absolutely true, though, Maddie. Yeah. So I basically just in the long term, I I never have any solutions for stuff like this, but it's something that I think about all the time, and I I think that people always there were always fewer people who were reading those long form features. I don't think this is a new trend. I think that people, the majority of people want to read silly ephemeral things. And then there's a minority of people who are interested in that more in depth stuff. And that's fine as long as it balances out. I think, unfortunately the in-depth stuff costs more to produce. It takes more hours to, to, to do. And it, and it it takes a better writer, right? It does. It takes skills that aren't valued anymore. I mean, all that stuff worries me. And so there were some pieces that I saw Joystick publishing near the very end that I really, really enjoyed. And like longer features, which ordinarily I don't think of Joystick as as that kind of site. They do a lot of news posts. But I saw them doing some work that I thought was really great near the end. And maybe that was because they felt like they could take those risks. And if that's the case, that's kind of like poignant to me, but great nonetheless. And I, I think that the people who work there who who did some of those long form features did really, really fantastic work. And I yeah, so just a shout out to those writers and I I know that it's gonna be really hard for them. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really sympathetic yeah. to that because I've been there. I did I got laid off from a publication that went out of business, not quite the same, but pretty similar. So I never was able to find another full-time writing job after that. I have only been able to cobble together different freelance writing jobs and I don't work for just one publication. I just work for a bunch of different things. So it's really, really hard and the problem is not getting better. It's getting worse. So yeah. But we are, we're getting stuck and stuck and being consumable, right? We want everything kind of pre-chewed for us in really simple form. But I think like funding hasn't really been figured out, you know, like we haven't figured out how to balance between like, okay, some people want to read the silly ephemeral stuff, but sometimes people want to read the really in-depth long form stuff where they did an interview or three interviews and transcribed them and spent hours doing that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, And I mean, I guess the problem with that, if you're talking from a corporate perspective is oh, that yeah, the problem with that is as a corporation i'd be like no no kids just do the cat gifts yeah just well do i that. mean because i mean it's it's you know you don't it's the same post i mean it's the same number of posts that you're going to exactly. get out of like yeah, six yeah, yeah. you know six days of of transcribing interviews and and boiling it down to a long thing piece as opposed to you know one cat gif listicle that you can you know poop out in in Two, in two minutes. I, I mean, I guess I guess the question is, like, how much of this is the state of journalism and how much of this is just AOL being a poor steward for, you know, what they what they had? But I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that whenever, uh, you know, you you are bought over by a larger company, it often happens that the small projects then they get bought off and then they get shut down because they 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 don't see the point in them in their big scheme. And so, you know, they can, you know, have you know, some of the readers go to one of the other larger sites that covers a little bit of everything and get rid of, you know, 90% of the workforce. And I think that just us as a people, we're becoming a little bit more lazy in the manner in which we consume knowledge. 
I think that faster is usually what we consider better because time, we, we spend more and more time trying to go in between things and trying to save time to do other things. So to be able to actually read something that's going to take a lot of thought process or to take a lot of time to do it and that then costs more and you need someone that's a more experienced writer to write becomes difficult and also it's not going to get the same clicks. And right now, because we can find out the metrics on that, people are all looking at what they get the most value for instead of thinking that they should have sites that are well-balanced so that you get a little bit of everything. And some things might get a lot of clicks, but other things may be really important for the knowledge base of your readers. Yeah. No, I completely agree. You know, I don't want to badmouth anyone in this industry. I think it's... Except for I think me. It's, except for you. You're, you're, you're on my... George you're is fair, George you're is fair game. You're on my butt list, George. Um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> Bree's but, butt list. But that's list. a good title. That's a good there title. Go. Um, <laughs> to me, I, uh, this is hard because I know a lot of the joystick writers, but you know, I I have to say this anyway. Something that Tua and Joystick had in common, to me at least, as a consumer, was neither seemed to have any voice whatsoever. And, you know, if you're a media organization, you don't just automatically get to keep existing. Like you need to have a point and a a point of view that you kind of bring to the table. You know, something like I read a lot of Polygon because there's kind of a, um, they have really good layout. Um, They have very smart people. They don't do a lot of clickbait and there's a a social consciousness to it. So when I go to Polygon, I kind of know I'm going to get that. If I go to IGN, I know I'm going to get like bro journalism. You know, if I go to Giant Bomb, I know I'm going to get uber bro journalism. (laughs) If I go to Kotaku, I know I'm going to get kind of, you know, fun, wacky. It's kind of the the superficial of, of like, you know, game sites and it's it's there's a voice there something i've really struggled with is even though i know a lot of the staff there um i kind of have never really felt a reason to read joystick or tua because it just seemed like a site that did news but i at least from my point of view as a consumer it didn't do you, do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, you can didn't... get that news anywhere, and it doesn't really, you know, the the stuff that they were posting seemed to be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of press releases and a lot of just announcements and stuff like that. Like, I mean, Kotaku recently, I mean, we've talked about this before, they've had this this change in direction where they're going to be following games after they've been released as opposed to, you know, focusing on previews right. and stuff like that. And, and Joystick has, I mean, they did have that, that big announcement a couple months ago that they were going to be dropping review scores, which was an interesting move though. It seemed, I guess it seemed to be too little too late. Yeah. Um, But I, I mean, I never really went to joystick for the reviews anyway. Yeah, I didn't either. And like, I, I do agree with you, Brie. Like I, unlike a lot of other people, I don't look back on Joystick as being something I grew up reading. I actually grew up reading IGN, which is why I used to be I a did terrible too. person. Right, but me too, me matter. too. Yeah. Um, I, I read IGN all the time and I knew about Joystick and, and 1UP when 1UP was a thing, but I, I was more of an IGN reader. But anyway, the point is, um, I think that Joystick made some changes very recently that I appreciated, like super recently, like in the past few months. And maybe that was because they kind 
kind of knew the end was near and they were like, let's, let's just do some wacky stuff. Cause we can. And I saw that and it made me happy. And then it was sort of like the rug got pulled out from under me there. Cause I was like, Oh, the reason why they were doing all that stuff was because they were about to close. Okay. Well, that's really sad. And, and that, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I do agree with you though, about what you've said. And, and I think that I, I would even push back against uh, some of what you said about Polygon because I feel like what I'm seeing Polygon doing now is actually moving away from what they began as doing, which is more long-form articles. They've actually been doing fewer and fewer of those. They've, they laid off Russ Pitts, who was the features editor, and then they went on to produce significantly higher numbers of news content, which is fine. And, no, and non-gaming content, too. And and they're doing a lot of like movie reviews and and yeah they're implementing film reviews which is which is very strange to me um, because I see them as a video game site and they're starting to do movie reviews and I'm sure although I I don't know this from anybody this is just my hypothesis but I I am ninety nine percent sure that that's because they're trying to keep their page view metrics up and when I see a site changing their behavior it usually means something is going wrong. So uh, to me, I look at like my RSS feed for Polygon and it has changed a lot. It's a lot more shorter articles now. And I'm, I don't know. So I'm, I'm worried about that because I'm like, okay, like how are they doing? And it's changing and everybody's just trying to figure out how to use the bucket to get the water out of the boat before it sinks fast enough. And everybody's <laughs> trying different size buckets, but really we're all sinking and we're just trying different stuff. And so, yeah, I kind of look around and I, I mean like, okay. So, and Gawker is another, uh, completely different example. Gawker owns Kotaku. What Kotaku has done uh, is actually pretty different because they have a very small staff comparatively to Joystick and and even to an IGN for sure. And they they just really emphasize the personality of their individual staff members and they get those staff members to write as much as they possibly can per day. Like each of those staff members has a, has a uh, quantity quota not a quality quota they try to do a certain number of features per week but really they just have to meet a number of articles and that's fine that's that's how kotaku does that so so different sites have just come up with these different ways to to essentially just meet page view metrics that advertisers care about and that their owners care about in order to sell those ads and i mean it's just different tactics but ultimately it's it's all the same problem and i i don't know that anybody's really come up with a consistent way to solve that problem but what's the problem i mean this is why i don't there understand. isn't enough money there used to be more money and there isn't any now because cpm like cost per what million or clicks or thousands clicks, whatever it is yeah. that has gone the price that advertisers are willing to pay for that keeps going down Yet the people reading and consuming the content keeps going up. And I, I fundamentally don't understand that. There seems like there's a disconnect. Yeah. The thing that the Phoenix ran into, and so I'm just going to assume this is still a problem because we only went out of business a couple years ago, is that actually that nobody was clicking on ads. And I think that's still a problem now. Mm-hmm. Um ads on podcasts actually do work pretty well. So, so holler to our advertisers because people listen to them and they remember them, but you, your eyes visually, when you're looking at a computer screen, you really don't notice those other ads. Pop-up ads annoy you and you definitely don't like them. 
And a lot of people, like a lot of people in games specifically use ad blocker. Like if you compare the statistics between who uses ad blocker in the games and tech blogs and industries versus who uses ad blogger in other forms of journalism, it's extra bad in games. So a lot of times gamers are not even seeing those ads. So you have that problem on top of the fact that psychologically a lot of people just aren't even seeing those ads, period. Like any type of banner ad, you're just not seeing it. So basically we haven't figured out a good way to advertise online at all. And ads are frankly how writers pay their bills. Like I, it's, it's really depressing that that's the case, but that is how I have gotten my paycheck for as long as I've been a journalist is that I have worked with an advertising department to be sure that they sell ads that go well with whatever content I produce. And like, that's, that's the way it's always been. And print ads people actually would look at for whatever reason. Like if you're flipping through a magazine and you see a full page ad, your eyes actually absorb that content. You keep going. But online, that just hasn't worked. And mm. I don't know how to solve that problem. But but ad revenue just isn't the same as it used to be anymore. Yeah, there was this great post on uh, Epbot, which is from the same person who does the – I don't know if you guys have heard of the Cake Rex blog – where she posts pictures of like where people mess up cakes in funny ways and she posts pictures of them and, you know, with with commentary. So she had posted on her personal blog about somebody had asked her, you know, how to get into professional blogging. And she was sharing some numbers and saying that um, from Cake Rex, uh, they are making they made last year 30 to 40 percent of what they did in their first year of blogging back in 2009. So like it's a 60 to 70% decrease in revenue, even though they had more traffic. And what, what she said was that the, the advertisers don't really, they know that banner ads don't work anymore. And what they're pushing is more pop-up like autoplay videos and sponsor Mm -hmm. posts. But people hate those. And people hate those. So, but, and, and the writers hate those, but that's what the advertisers seem to think will work. And that's what they're willing to pay for. I mean, and I think the advertisers are just, yeah, they're, they're as, they're as stymied as anybody else because they want to get the return on their investment and they're just, they're not getting it from, from web advertising anymore. At least not when it comes to writing. They are getting it when it comes to video ads and even podcast ads and other types of advertising, but the, the advertising that surrounds written content, just, it's gone. And I don't, I don't know how we navigate that going forward on online, but Freelance rates for online writing are way lower than the old print rates that I used to work for. Like everything has gotten lower and I know why it's because of this advertising issue. And it's just something that we're going to have to figure out. (laughs) And I don't, I don't know if the solution is a subscriber model plus other models combining to form a Voltron of a media Hmm. outlet. That's, that's (laughs) something I think about is like, well, what if we just combine everything and we just get money from all the sources? But uh, yeah. I don't know. If anybody wants to give me a bunch of money, you know where to find me. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess the one question I would ask is so that the the people who run who were running Alex Zybart, who ran uh, Wow Insider, mm-hmm. started a Patreon on Tuesday to start a new site called Blizzard Watch, and yeah. they're supposedly right now. I mean, according to Patreon, right now they launched on Tuesday. They're already re- you know going to be getting close to thirteen thousand dollars a month, and what they're saying is that they're their full operations was going to be 8000 a month. I mean, do you think that this is, uh, you know, it, that this is something that's sustainable or is that? I don't. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> hates when I say this, but I really don't think it is. I like that doesn't sound like enough money to run a good publication to me. It just doesn't. It sounds really low. 
And I feel like people don't understand how much a livable wage really is. And like journalists are willing to write for very little money. But a lot of the Patreons that I see individual journalists running, I do the math in my head and I'm like, you are going to be stuck couch surfing forever at this rate. Like you can't do this. And I, I worry about that. And I worry that people think Patreon is solving the problem. And, and I, I just, I don't, I don't know that that's enough. And I, I feel like maybe the solution is like I said, multiple sources, like we could see a site that was supported by Patreon as well as advertising, as well as an investor or a private owner who helped fund the content with some capital that they had, like some combination, because people just don't understand how much salaries for a team of really good journalists should cost, even if you pay all of them really poorly. So, yeah, I don't know. Sorry for being negative. Well, well, you know, dash my dreams. That's okay. No, no, no. I, I mean, it's not that I don't want all of this to work, but I, I just think that crowdfunding people's expectations aren't quite there and it's because of what georgia was saying earlier about how people just aren't used to paying for content like they don't really they're not used to paying for a newspaper subscription and actually starting to charge people for that online would would uh would confuse people because they'd be like i'm used to all of this being free what are you talking about and that is a serious problem in in journalism and in video games for sure yeah that's sad but it's it's that's yeah (laughs) Everybody send me money, man. Come on. Just send send Maddie, everybody, you know, go into your your parents' wallet, soupy sale style, and go go send Maddie a check. No, it's cool. You could just click on all my paste articles a bunch. That would work, too. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, I get paid. All right, so let's let's take a break. Isometric is also sponsored this week Whoa. by Whoa, I know three sponsors. I know. Uh, <laughs> listen to this advertisement, listeners. Yes. I told you that Go you would listen to it, and on now these you people have to. right now. Yeah, we just spent half an hour talking about advertisers that don't work. Now let's talk about an advertisement that does work. But uh, <laughs> Ooh, nice, nice segue, uh, Steve. You're upping your game. So um, it's already February. So what are you waiting for? Invest in yourself this year and start learning something new at Lynda.com with a free 10 day trial. Uh, Lynda's used by millions of people around the world. It has 3,000 courses, over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business. And there's software training on stuff like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. Um, all of their courses are taught by experts and new courses are added to the site every week. Uh, if you want to set new financial goals, find work-life balance, invest in a new hobby, ask for a raise, find a new job, or, or just make yourself better at your current job, uh, lynda.com has something for everyone. So go sign up for your free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash isometric and you'll get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com. You can uh, view all the tutorials on tablets, iPhone, Android mobile devices, or on the web, uh, and you get access to all the new courses that they add every week. They have uh, courses on Unity, on uh, on programming for kids. They have a code clinic where every month uh, they issue a challenge and then uh, everyone comes in and shares their solutions using different programming languages. You know, they If you want to get into game dev, they have a bunch of courses on, on 3D software and and um, a whole bunch of stuff like that. Uh, so, so Bri, what are what are some other courses if somebody wanted to get into game dev that they would uh, that 
that would be good for them to go check out. ZBrush. You must learn ZBrush. ZBrush is part of modern pipeline. It is so much fun to use. You can do anything in ZBrush. You can do Decimation Master. You can decimate your poly count. You can do your retopology. You can do automatic UVing, so you don't have to sit there and head us all day like I do, obsessively UVing everything for maximum like optimization. ZBrush is awesome, and I can promise you Linda has awesome courses on ZBrush. If I were someone... And I wanted to, like, develop one skill that would make me, like, certain to have a job in the game industry for a long time. I would get a lynda.com subscription and a copy of ZBrush, and I would learn it. So invest in yourself and sign up for a free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash isometric. And uh, thank you very much to Linda for sponsoring 5x5 and isometric. So you've prob- if you listen to the show, you're probably aware that uh, Revolution 60... Uh, is coming out with a PC version, and it got submitted to Steam Greenlight on, was it Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. And so Steam Greenlight, for those of you who are not clear on it, is a, I mean, we've talked about it on this show before, Steam Greenlight is a way that that independent game developers can submit their game to be considered to be sold on Steam. So people, it, it presents all the games in a queue, and people go into the queue and they say whether they're interested in buying the game or not. So uh, Rev60 was listed on Steam Greenlight on Tuesday and then Gamergate did what Gamergate does. And so they started uh, bombarding it with downvotes and generally uh, obscene and hateful and disgusting comments, which is more or less their MO, unfortunately. But the good news is that Despite all the downvotes, which don't seem to affect the game's ranking, uh, from what I've been reading, Greenlight's not clear at all, but it seems like the downvotes are more to keep similar games from showing up in your queue, but they don't actually affect the standing of the game in question. That's that's what everybody is telling me. Um, now, as a, as a developer, I've, I've gone through, I've tried to locate something where Valve says that explicitly. And uh, the truth is, I've found conflicting information. I found everyone seems to say that, but people also, um, you have developers have speculated that their um, you know, yes to no ratio, you know, basically affects how quickly it gets into the, you know, into the into the store. Um, also, you know, Valve gives you all kinds of stats on that very subject, uh, letting you compare not just yours, but comparing against the top, um, you know, said the top fifty games. So. Um, I hope that that's true. And, you know, ultimately, I do not think that the downvotes are going to, you know, outweigh the fact that the yes votes have gotten this to be, let's see what it is right now, um, in two days, in under 24 hours, we have shot ahead of 1,760 games to now be the 36th top rated game on Steam Greenlight. Okay, awesome. Which is wow. tremendously quick. That is a stellar rise. Yeah, especially because we didn't work with a marketing firm this time. It was just me tweeting it out. That's positive votes, like people that saw the game, saw the trailer, and like what we do at Giant Space Cat. So I think that that's ultimately going to to matter more. Um, I, I think that there's a there are a lot of issues here to unpack. You know, first of all, like I really think it's past time that as a gaming community, I, I think we've really it. 
a system where you can have a free for all on a developer to like this degree, it's it's just not safe. I mean, I've been doxxed on here, I've been harassed on here, I've been libeled on here, I have people spraying lies on me on here, and like Steam is choosing to do nothing. You know, and that's that's very frustrating. It's, you know, I've had people write all kinds of sexual things about me. And it's just, it's a, it's another system in game dev that was made by dudes for dudes, you know, like, and it's just, it's, it's not good. You know, I think there's the other issue that as a gaming community, you have these people that truly don't understand that they're harassing people and they, they don't care. They, they enjoy it. Um, I think there's the issue that, you know, if you're a feminist developer and you speak up on women's equality, something, you know, I've really have taken the lead in our industry along with a few other women at doing, um, you become a massive, massive target. And I think like as an industry, we really need to examine our behavior there. Um, but it's just, it's completely exhausting. And, you know, something I keep thinking about this week is, uh, you know, they've done studies where they show that um, if you allow comments on a site and specifically negative comments, it strongly affects readers' perceptions of the story. So, you know, you can have something that's very neutrally written, but if there are a lot of negative comments after it, it sows a seed of doubt into people's minds. So when you have Gamergate and, you know, this isn't just Gamergate. These are toxic gamers as well. Uh, you know, brigading us and saying all these horrible things and just, I mean, say you think my game sucks, that's fine. That doesn't even make me blink, you know. <laughs> but when you're when you're attacking me personally, when you're libeling me, when you're slandering me, when you're writing sexual things about me, about my company, you know, it's just, it's it's toxic. It's unhealthy. It's not, it's, it's not a way we need to do business here, you know. And, and I guess the other thing that's kind of concerning is I did some research this evening on Steam's terms of service, and they have an online conduct policy. Yeah, yeah. And the the online conduct policy specifically says you will not defame, abuse, harass, stalk, threaten, or otherwise violate the legal rights such as privacy and publicity of others. Right. So I I guess it's kind of – it doesn't really matter that they have this conduct policy if they're not going to enforce it because – Presumably, one of the things that I, I I tweeted some things over the last couple of days, and I got some information from people who were doing some experiments. And apparently, the you can't comment on a green light without having at least made a purchase. Right. So these are all valid Steam accounts, and one would presume that if Steam, even just a couple of those users who were putting things that are clearly out of bounds. If those a couple of those users suddenly found their Steam uh, account suspended, uh, that would probably put an end to this really quickly. Because yeah. as much as these people think that they, you know, they want to do this, if it meant the possibility that they're going to lose access to the three or four hundred games that they bought, then that would probably stop a lot of that really quickly. But Steam has to want to do that. I mean, in the, well, I will I will say this. I am I'm currently talking to Steam. I'm not going to betray any confidence about what we're talking about, but um, I I could say you can look at the outcome right now and you can look at my page. No one's moderating it. There are no tools. This is what's frustrating. Someone makes a reasonable point in a thread critiquing my game. 
like they said, the the artistic style of this game almost feels like a satire of actual video games. That's fine. Like, blast my game all day long. Like, I get death threats, rape threats. I went to court this week to, like, file a restraining order against someone that was, like, coming to my house with, like, weapons in their car to do harm to my family personally. Like, critique my game. That's like a, a honeybee at this point of my life. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't care. But then you go into the thread itself, and it has, like, slander against me, personal attacks, stuff that's like, it's it's inciting a mob of hate up against my company. And I can't go through and delete that. Like, I can delete the whole thread, or I can do nothing. And, you know, like, if someone's doing something that really, really crosses a line, I can't, like, get... I can't, like, delete their comment. I can't, um, yeah, I can flag it and hope that moderators will do something. But it's just, it's it's a terrible experience for me. And, yeah, I just want to stress this again. So many of the systems in game development, and, Maddie, I'd, I'd imagine you would agree with me, from our hiring processes to our, you know, the way our institutions solve problems to things like Steam Greenlight, these are things that were created by dudes for dudes. They are moderated by dudes. And there's no part of their brain that has any experience to kind of think about other perspectives. And it's just one of these insidious things where you have people that don't have a perspective making these choices that are so harmful to letting anyone else's voice be heard. I mean, would you agree with that? Would you not agree yeah, with that? I completely agree with that. And I... Yeah, I don't have anything nearly so eloquent to say about this because it absolutely infuriates me. And I just, I don't know, I'm really disappointed about this. And I feel like if they want Greenlight to exist, then they can't keep not moderating it. That's completely unacceptable. Like, how could they even consider this to be an open platform that's possible for people to submit games to if this is the kind of behavior that's okay? They're basically saying by not kicking these people off that they care more about these these guys' money than they care about having women developers putting up games in their store. That's literally what they're saying. So I I hate that, and I hate that that's probably what's happening behind the scenes is that they're saying to each other, well, these guys paid a lot of money to be here, so we can't really kick them off. Like, come on, guys. Like, you've got to get rid of these guys. You do not want these types of people in your audience as Steam users. Like, you just you shouldn't want them and if they really are a vocal minority like everybody keeps claiming then people shouldn't be so scared to kick them out right right I mean, where's the responsibility as our industry where is our responsibility like where's the morality yeah like take a stance against misogyny is that really that hard <laughs> anyone anyone in our field journalists aren't doing it like will steam do it will our publishers do it does anyone care no answer no it seems like no yeah i i do what i can but i i'm not as powerful as i wish i were i i mean i should be president of video games but i'm not for some (laughs) reason so anyway i i don't know i do what i can but i i've been disappointed by steam over this and i was disappointed when this happened to zoe when she was putting up depression quest it happened to her multiple times and it's happened to other developers too where things have been said in the comments that people should have lost their accounts over and it never happened and that unfortunately inaction is so much easier than action yeah 
Yeah. It's just, they just hope that it's just going to go away. It's clearly not going away. It's clearly inflated beyond, beyond. It's only gotten worse. And I feel like this is something that started in Steam Greenlight comments on Zoe's game and like in other threads elsewhere. But Steam could have taken a stance against this type of behavior a long time ago and they haven't. And that just really upsets me. Well, I guess, I mean, Bree, I know how, you know, I mean, I play tested Rev60 way back when it was, you know, from the first demo. And I know yep. how much work that you guys have put into this. And it, it just really, it, it makes me so sad to see this w- awesome game that you slaved over just like turning into this battleground for these these people to just go and crap on not even having played it or caring about it at all. And, and. I mean, not just for you, but I mean, for everybody on your team, too. I mean, I know I was I was talking to Amanda the other, you know, the other day. And I mean, I I can only imagine, too, I mean, what this has got to be like for, you know, the rest of your team, too. I mean, who are I mean, I'm sure obviously they support everything that you're doing, but, you know, they're just trying to make a good a good game and put it out there and have people buy it. And, you know, for them also to have to, you know, be subjected to this, it's not fair. And, and, And if Steam wants this to be a platform, then they ought to take responsibility for it. If they're going to be the only platform, really, where you can buy PC games, which let's face it, it pretty much is then they need to take that power and have that responsibility and not let it turn into into a, a you know a free for all i i couldn't agree more where's yeah. the where's the games press here yeah they're where they always are they they don't care i mean i was doing i was googling the last couple of days looking for stories on this cuz to put in the show notes for for tonight's episode yeah and i found way more hyperbolic gamergate posts than i did actual Post from anyone in the industry and the and the articles that I did see were not from the sites that we typically think about when we think about game coverage. And this seems like it should be a fairly big story. But, you know, they, you know, obviously we're biased a little bit because, you know, we're on the show with you. But at the same time, I mean, this seems like a fairly significant battleground for this that just keeps happening. And they there's been nothing. Yeah, not like actual games publications stepping forward and saying things you know i i feel like behind the scenes from other journalists i know i hear a lot of people being like oh i'm so sick of this story and like oh my god screw you guys for saying that like don't you think that the women in your field are also really sick of this like way more than you so maybe suck it up and write the freaking story Especially if you're a dude, because then people will actually listen to you. So, yeah. <laughs> just just freaking do it. I don't really care how sick of it you are. I mean... It's privilege. It's privilege. It's privilege from... It, it, it's privilege from people that don't know how great they've got it. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Yep. I, also, a lot of it is socialization. Like... If you grow up and you never have to think about any of this stuff and then all of a sudden you're like 25 or 35 and people are like, hey, this problem that you never noticed before, it's a serious problem for me. You might be like, well, it's never affected me. I don't see why I should start caring now. And that's the attitude that I feel like I get from a lot of other men in the industry is just kind of being like, well, I haven't really cared before and it's a lot easier for me to keep not really paying any attention to it. Or just kind of privately nodding at you and being like, yeah, that sounds really tough, Maddie, but then publicly not doing anything. Like, I I just feel like that's the easy way out. And I don't know if it means that they really don't care or what, but I just, you got to snap out of it, dudes. 
Do you Snap know what I? Do you know what I cannot take any more of? I am tired of men in this field that are in positions of power, coming to me privately, writing me email, calling me on the phone, and talking about how much they freaking respect me and how how much they just love it and how much they they completely support women in games and how much they respect what I do. I just don't care anymore. I I don't care. Yeah, say it in I, public if I, you really I don't, mean it. Yeah, say it in public. That's how I feel about that stuff. Too. How I measure what you, who you are as a person are your actions, period. Say it in public. Actually hire women. Don't just talk about how great you think it is that women are using these Patreons or whatever and don't have real jobs and how you really respect how strong they are, that they're having to make games all by themselves and make publications all by themselves. Just hire them and actually support them and like actually be networks for them and give them your privilege a little bit, lend them some of that. I, like that's what you have to do it's it's that simple and it's re- i i just don't even see why that's seen as hard like what what or write the stories that need to be written when they yeah, need to be written I'm like that's a start <laughs> interview people and by the way like stuff on women in tech gets crazy hits it just does like it's it also fills that great clickbait column because this is like a cultural battle and I mean, you know, I didn't get all my Twitter followers by like, you know, just never. I mean, like people are passionate about this, you know, so I I just I don't even know. Make it into a listicle know. if you have to. You yeah, know. do do it. <laughs> do like a talk about cat cats gifts that, you know, are smashing the patriarchy. <laughs> I'll click on it. I, I, mean, I would click. I would click the hell out of that, actually. And then everyone will click it. <laughs> I'm going to pitch that to Kotaku later tonight. So how uh, would you do that? Like top ten cats that are <laughs> You have Photoshop skills. I bet you could whip that up in like fifteen no, I'm minutes. I'm trying to think like you could do it like top ten cat pets to just to, to distract you from the the horribly depressing events of sexist things that have happened in the last twelve months. And yeah, like, I could you totally have a paragraph of something apocalyptic. It would be like, like a cute cat gif, and I'd be like, "This cat is so adorable that it almost makes me forget about <laughs> the ten guys who just told me that they're only following me because they like how I look. All of whom I had uh, to block very quickly. Uh, but this cat uh, is making me forget about all of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I should pitch it to the toast, not Kotaku. That's what somebody in the chat is saying. The Toast is a good website. Yeah, can we get serious here for a second, man? Yes, why, by all means. Why do you stay in this industry? Because I've been asking myself a lot this week why I'm here. Because, I mean, my life is in danger. I mean, I don't know how many people saw the Mashable or Jezebel articles about me this week, but it's... Like, the mob that Gamergate is stirring up against me, like, they're actually getting mentally ill people to come to my house to hurt me. Like, that's where we're at. So this job keeps my life in danger. Um, I'm so distracted by that. I don't get to create stuff these days. Um, I don't need the money. I don't get to create stuff as much as I used to. And when I do, it just gets slammed. Like, look at Rev60 on Greenlight. Um, it feels like my whole life is a circus. I, 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 I guess it's like 
I feel like so much of my life is about, like, people put this camera in front of my face and go, like, hey, let's, uh, you know, a woman that's life is in danger and could get killed and, like, is having horrible stuff happen to her. That's the only story we really care about with women. So, hey, let's get it on tape. Let's do a story. Oh, Boston Boston Magazine. Let's do a story of Brianna. And I feel like I do that all day long. And I don't get to create stuff anymore. And I just don't know why I keep banging my head against this wall. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way on a smaller level than you, but like I've gone through smaller times, smaller harassment campaigns about just individual things. And each time I've been like, why am I still doing this? And I've had conversations with friends where I'm like, it seems like people don't really care about my work. They just want to kill me or date me or both and that's really screwed up and I feel like it's never I mean like I've had all of these thoughts a lot and I think the answer is extremely unglamorous and it's that I just keep going and it is because I have already agreed to do these commitments I continue to do them and individually I enjoy all of them and like isometric is actually a really big answer to this like I think like okay um, mm. If I weren't a games journalist, then I wouldn't get to be on Isometric, and I love Isometric, and I look forward to it every week, and if I quit video games, I wouldn't have Isometric anymore. That would be incredibly sad. And then I think, like, okay, so there's Paste, and I work for Garrett, and I think Garrett's really great, and I really love all of our writers, and I love Gita and Austin and Cameron and everybody who's ever written for us. I love editing their stuff, and, like, in a vacuum, I enjoy that so much that just day-to-day... I that keeps me going and so it's just it's those little things and just knowing that I have those commitments and um like knowing like okay I'm gonna get home today and I've got these three articles to edit and sometimes I even make a weird bargain with myself where I'm like okay Maddie you just have to get through these three things and then you can quit and then I do them and I'm like those were really wonderful and I really loved them and I really loved those people and what they said and at the end of the day I still actually really do like Street Fighter and I still actually really do (laughs) like Tomb Raider and Metroid and I downloaded the Metroid Prime trilogy and like I've been playing it and like I I love all of these things and I can't stop loving them I guess and and so I I don't know I some somehow those mundane aspects of my life those those commitments that I've already agreed to that I just get myself to continue to do day after day are are part of what keeps me going, I guess. Uh, but that's not, not a very romantic answer, I don't think. And I don't even really think that that's very brave. And I kind of hate it when people say that, that it's somehow brave or courageous for me to be like editing a news post. It's like, Jesus, I don't want to be brave for doing that. That's ridiculous. But um, I guess it is that way sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You just put one foot in front of the other, you know? Advice I get from a lot of women in in this field is, you know, so many of us have survived through silence and through not causing a stir and through being like quiet generally. (laughs) Not you. This is what you and I have in common. And they're always like, well, just let someone else fight the battle. Just just sit it out. Just take care of you. Just stop speaking up. And I am not wired in a way I can do that. I just am not. And I think it's because I grew up in Mississippi and just seeing the unmitigated evil 
of Southerners that were so homophobic and sexist and racist. Like, everywhere I looked, every day. Like, Steve, I don't know if I've told you this, but, like, growing up, there was a woman that lived on the end of my street. My mom comes over to me, and she goes, oh, you don't want to go talk to them. They're Jewish. And it's just like that evil is everywhere where I grew up. And that evil is everywhere in the game industry, and everyone's just willing to whistle a jaunty tune and go about their business. And I just can't not say anything does does that make sense to you like it's just not acceptable for it to be this way i think it's i mean i'm that way too and there are definitely days when i'm like i'm not going to get involved in whatever twitter fight this is but i can't help it and i just run in there with my sword drawn and i'm like for the port (laughs) whatever and i'm like i'm doing it i'm gonna do it and i just can't help it you know and and that's how i am but At the same time, like, there are plenty of other ways for me to recharge the batteries the rest of the time. Like, I talk to my friends on all day as long often as I can and, like, try to kind of remember, like, oh, you know, I am a human being and I can only do so many things. And I I don't know. I mean, that's, like, all the cliche answers, but it's all super true. Like, it's just you can only do so many things. And and you do as much as you possibly can, but then that's it, you know? You only have so much energy to give, and you've chosen to devote it to specific things. And and then that's it. That's that's all of your energy. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, for me as a person, as a human being, I, I can mitigate which battles I choose to fight. And, you know, like there are people in the game industry who I'm not happy with privately, but I'm not going to like air that dirty laundry on the show. Like I can show discretion in what battles I fight, but I can't make myself not care. And I mean, is that, yeah, I, the way I see it, like at least my perception of it is people like Brianna are a certain X of the population. And you have the vast majority of people that just go along and they don't fight for anything they believe in. And then statistically, every once in a while, there's a Maddie or Brianna that we're just part of the human condition. And like, how do people like us survive? Because I just can't stop caring the way that most people do, and frankly, the way a lot of women in this field do. I mean, is the answer to just give up? Is it to go crazy? I mean, what do you, what, what is the healthy reaction here? Because I don't know. It really depends on what your end goal is. Like, you want to start your way backwards. It's, it's the best way to enter into any battle is to see what's winnable, what isn't winnable, and what you want your end result to be. Um, and, and depending on that is how you're going to go forward. You know, and, and you have to always weigh it is how much is it going to affect your health and your care and your well-being versus how much are you going to gain versus how much are you going to actually uh, let people be publicly aware to know that this is something that isn't going away. Because, yes, you know, as Maddie had said, there is a point where people uh, turn off because people can only have a, a certain everyone has a certain limit of distress and and uh pain that they can read like you know if i read stuff that's happening in the world and at a certain level you kind of well probably more for me because it's my field there's a certain level that you can hold and there's a certain level that you're like okay i i can't take anymore and so you know you have to kind of think which which of those pools is most important to me and then make sure that you know you care for that pool but also caring for yourself at the same time yeah 
and, and it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to do. And if everyone does a little bit, it really goes back to the bully and the bystander, right? You know, the bully has its power in that no one else speaks up, and when everyone else speaks up, the the bully sits down. I need to stand up less, and I need the industry to stand up more alongside me. That's it. Well, we'll put a link to the in the show notes to the green light. So, presume, assuming that you haven't been green light, green lit by the time that this show goes live, people can go and uh, and make sure to add their upvotes to uh, to Rev sixty, so we can make sure that all of this is not for naught, and that we'll make sure that the at least gets into the store and people can buy it, which is the ultimate goal. So, I mean, we're we're running long, but I guess we can still talk about about what we're playing. So, uh, well, George, I'll, I guess we can start with oh you. Oh my God, we're not gonna have time to talk about. Oh man. <laughs> well, the yeah. the game that that the title that we're all not saying is like <laughs> strange, right? Like that's that's the game that we were all gonna talk about. Was that the game I was supposed to play? Did you not play it? It was that. It was my life is strange. No, yeah. I read that totally different. Did you play a completely different game? Was it good? Oh my god! Oh. Was it unbelievably good? If it wasn't unbelievably good, you didn't. <laughs> no, play no, the... I played the game. I played the game. Georgia, <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever. That's the only kind of acceptable trolling, Georgia. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you scared me for a minute there. I felt really bad for you. It's like, man, Georgia like bought a, the wrong game. Oh. oh. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, life is strange. Had all these birds, and we were dating it. them. I reviewed it this week. Make me feel jealous. Tell me all about it. Oh, it's so good, Steve. It's so good. Do you want me to tell you what isn't good about it so that you feel better, or or do you just want to hear about how good it is? No, just tell. No, I don't want it to be like Nintendo. Go ahead and tell tell me what's good about it. What's good about it is that somebody made a video game about a really awkward high school girl oh, yes. who they made a video game about Maddie. all the time and is sarcastic <laughs> and awkward and weird and and like also she figures out that she can time travel and so she starts using her time travel mechanic to cure her own social anxiety by making sure everybody likes her <laughs> and also <laughs> she uses it to save her friend's life and to discover that the town is about to be hit by a tornado and like don't don't say too much don't say too much I've only gotten yeah, yeah, halfway yeah. through yeah and, okay. so, and some of our listeners probably <laughs> haven't played through it it's a short game from it's what you said it's kind of hard to spoil this game because there are too many little intricate moving pieces and it's only yeah. three hours long anyway it so it's yeah. and you can you get to ah oh, it's so cool okay so you you well, can I can I give you my my feeling before you say it because I started playing the game and I was all frustrated at the beginning because I couldn't do what I wanted to do in the game I'm like what is happening why can't I out of all the choices why can't I give the choice that I want to give and then after I got the time travel and that was it everything changed for me yeah I'm like totally. this is awesome yeah. So it, no, I yeah, had like yeah, yeah. at first I was like, oh my god, I really don't like this game. I'm frustrated. Why can't I hand in my art? I want to hand in my art. <gasps> I ripped my art. Oh my god, I can't believe they made me rip my art. <laughs> so I was yes. all angry. And then the time travel thing happened, and then that was really cool because we could, uh, you could redo stuff, and then everything changed for me for it. It was so it's so neat because it starts out with you. Being in high school and all the things that you associate with high school where you don't get any control over what happens. Everybody's telling you what to do and you have to do it and you're completely fenced in and you have no power socially in terms of authority figures at all. So you're constantly being controlled. And then and like in a video game, that's so frustrating. And then as soon as the time travel gets implemented, it just opens up the whole world and you're like, oh my gosh, I can completely change every interaction I'm going to have. And the game also... 
as soon as it gives you that power, it also takes away some of your some of your like emotional staying power by being like, well, sometimes no matter what you do, it's going to have a sad ending. So like some of the times you, you try to change a conversation to go well for you, but, but it just can't go well, no matter what, like um, a lot of people use the conversation that you have with the principal as the example for this, because yeah. like she gets in trouble either way, but there are a lot of other situations, like pretty much every major choice in the game, either way, there's a, there's a big downside. At the at the very end, after the credits, they show you the statistics of uh, how how many people chose which one, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, I just I'm so so excited to play the rest of this. I can't wait for it to be out. I want to know what happens. So this really is like Remember Me without the annoying combat. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> yes. It's it's very cute. It's very cute in the way that you interact. Mm-hmm. It's um, so genuine. It's, it's so it's, it's genuine. really nice. And I, again, like Maddie had said, like the time it made it compl- like from me being really frustrated because I was not pleased with the choices that I was given to then being able to to feel empowered to be able to change stuff. And how am I going to be able to affect things differently, which was really neat. Yeah. And I thought the time travel worked really, really well, like mechanically. It was so easy to use, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, Bree, go ahead. I was just going to say, like the whole time playing it, I'm like... Is this what is this what dudes feel like when they play video games? Like a game is just made for them? That was because how I felt this is Tomb how Raider. I feel. This yeah. is how the game is completely for me. And uh-huh. it was so fresh and innovative to play a game with a character that wasn't like oh it, it was <laughs> it was it was a game about the subtle interaction with this woman and the people in her life. And it was just so beautiful. Um, I will say, like, having been burned so terribly by Dragon Age, like, the only fun of this game is if your choices end up having consequences down the line, right? So... Like, Rev 60, it wouldn't have mattered until, like, we got to the end and then, like, you saw the outcome of your choices, right? So, like, this particular act, it took me about, I don't know, two and a half hours to get through. You know, it's really cool, and I love the characters, and I love the story. But until I know what the outcome is going to be or there start being consequences for it, it just doesn't mean anything yet. Yeah, I I agree with you, Brie. I think that I really enjoy games where your choices actually mean mean something and make a difference. Because there's so many games that you know that, you know, when you're in a certain thing, it doesn't really matter the time. It doesn't really matter what you say. The You're, you're going to end up at the same end result. And so, you know, your actions don't actually hold any weight. The problem that people have with Mass Effect 3, basically. Yeah. Versus yeah. when I was playing, I was thinking about, and and I'm thinking I don't know I was thinking I don't know if the time matters do I have time he's oh no he's rubbing his head oh I yeah better I hurry up about that too I was like I better <laughs> but it hurry doesn't up. Really maybe matter <laughs> it doesn't really matter but I I didn't know that then right so I was like oh no maybe I I better pick and now I'm trying to actually make a real life quick decision which is adding to the stress of which out of this two choices and then one of the choices isn't fully written out and I'm like oh huh. and then she says it in a totally different way and I'm still frustrated but that that's just me. <laughs> Her delivery yeah. was poor. I'm like, that was a poor delivery. I would have, you could have done that better, but okay. She's a sarcastic teen. She's not like you, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> All of her delivery, I was like, that's exactly what I would say. So <laughs> I was into it. That's so cute. Cause I was like, that is totally not how I would say that. 
Yeah, but you're okay. gonna like see the main character as me. Also, her last name is Caulfield, like Holden Caulfield. She's like a lady version of Holden Caulfield, and like that's I don't even. Yeah, I can't that's believe so they cute. gave her that name. There's so many little references to like like Twin Peaks references and X Files references and just all kinds of little things. The it, the world building is amazing, and I just love stuff like that. She it's even so looks cool. a little bit like you, Maddie. She's like the brunette version. Yeah, totally true. I didn't, like, I didn't so look that good when I was in high school. Imagine like way more acne and like not cute, stylish jeans. Somebody needs to mod her <laughs> into a zero suit Samus suit. Yeah, that would be like me now. <laughs> I, I have my I have my fashion choices together now. High school high school me did not look as cool as Mac does in this game. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I wasn't that cool in high school either. So you know that part it, is unrealistic. You look back at some photos. You're like, oh. Oh, mm. right. I thought that was acceptable to wear. Mm. <laughs> it was okay to wear like a really huge baggy men's gray fleece over every single outfit that I ever wore. I don't know yeah. why I thought why that. Why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes Burn were made. that photo. Um, but yeah, so this game is really, really good. And the music is so good. Oh, I hate uh, the music. Oh. I, oh, I didn't notice it's like the music Dawson's at all. Creek exploded in my freaking, no. No way, it's perfect. No. I didn't it's notice like, it. I, I, it's not the kind of music I listen to normally, but I feel like it's like this very Elliot Smith hipster sound. And I'm like, this goes with what they're trying to go for. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree. It fits. <sighs> I don't know. I hate all music that's not electronic. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Really? Do yeah, okay. I forgot about that? You yeah. do. I like old school yeah. music. I'm good. Electronica wouldn't go in this game. No, no it wouldn't. Like Max is having like some terrible conversation. I mean, she should go to <laughs> if she went to a rave. Then maybe it would work. Yeah, but she's right. not. Yeah, she's she's too mm. much of. That's a not really her personality. Maybe yeah. she'd go ironically. <laughs> Steve, Steve, what are you playing? All right. Um, I've actually got a couple things. One thing I want to mention really quickly is that our friend uh, Brian Matucci's uh, game Drawn to Kill oh just God. came out in the App Store today. Go buy it. I will put a link to the show notes. Um, <laughs> it is it's it's a really fun like archery game uh, where you have a male or a female ninja and you're shooting at targets that are moving and and going through all kinds of different scenarios. I haven't played it since the early builds, since he switched over to the new test flight, and I don't want to update my iPads to iOS 8 because I'm afraid they're going to spontaneously combust. But uh, what I played of the early in the early stages was really good, and he's done a lot of work since then. So it just came out today. It's on. It's iPad only. Go and go and buy that. I've played two games while I was out. I didn't get to play Life is Strange because I wasn't near my PS4 and apparently it's Windows only so I wasn't able to run it on my Mac but I'm going to play it this week. Um, I played the Codename Steam demo which is interesting. That's the new the new game that's coming out for 3DS. It's like a turn-based tactical strategy game. Idea is that everyone's in like the steampunk alternate version of London and apparently like all these historical figures are getting drafted into this uh, defense force that's fighting aliens for some reason and so like john henry comes and he's throwing bombs at aliens and it, it's weird and i i want to like it because i like XCOM a lot and it seems like it's trying to borrow a lot of stuff from XCOM, but it's not i don't think it's really doing it all that well um it's it's like an XCOM tactical strategy type game but it's from an over-the-shoulder perspective so you're you're seeing basically what the character can see from their vantage point, which makes it really hard when you're trying to do tactical strategy to see what the the lay of the land is. Yeah. 
So you can't switch it to be top down at all? Or? I didn't see a way that you could do it. Um, the I don't think. Weird. Yeah, it's very weird. I mean, it's interesting how they implemented it because like they have the face buttons doing the camera control. So, like, you you really don't have very many actions you can take. You can basically, from what I could tell, you could, at least in the demo, you can fire your weapon or you can, um, you have a certain number of moves you can make per turn. And you can use those up by moving or by firing your weapon. Or if you have uh, moves left over, you can go into Overwatch mode where you'll fire at an enemy that's within your line of sight. And that's really all you can do. And I just found it didn't really work all that well. Like, I had trouble keeping track of where the aliens were in respect to me. And whenever I went to Overwatch, it never seemed... It always seemed like the aliens were able to shoot at me without me being able to shoot back at them. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So I was just getting murdered repeatedly. And, um, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just I wasn't getting it. or the, I mean, it could be kind of like Bravely Default where the demo is just not really good at explaining what's going on and the game will be better. So I'm kind of giving it a pass on that. But just based on what I played, I wasn't really super thrilled with it. But I'll give it another try when the game comes out. I want to like it. I mean, it's got a really interesting theme. And I, I like tactical strategy games like this, but I just don't like the implementation from what I've seen in the demo. So, And then I played some Rogue Legacy again because that came out on PlayStation Plus this week. And I was really excited about it because I played a lot of it on the Mac and I was looking forward to having it on the Vita until I booted it up. And then I realized that Rogue Legacy is really, really ableist in a way that I didn't real remember it was uh, when yeah. I played it the first time. <laughs> yeah. Like really ableist. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and um, How as so, soon as Steve? you said that, I was like, oh yeah, totally. We tweeted about it earlier this week. Yeah. So so Rogue Le- the, the idea of Rogue Legacy is that it's like a procedurally generated platformer and you're this, you, you, keep this lineage of knights who are going in to try to take over this castle. I don't remember what the story is and it doesn't really matter, but you, you have these, every time that you die, you come back as another person in the same lineage of knights. And they, every time that you pick a new character for a next run, it gives you a choice of three knights with a a set of attributes. And so uh, one of them is a class and one of them is a special weapon that they have. So it's kind of like in Castlevania where you have the dagger and you have the axe and you have, you know, the, the circle boomerang type thing. And then they have these traits and the traits are things like the one that I noticed, which is like one of the first ones that I rolled was ADHD, uh, which, Oh, you're really energetic. You get to move faster. Like, uh, no, 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 that's really not how it works. And like OCD. no, if you break no. stuff, yeah, if you break, yeah, you have to break no. everything to get mana. Yeah. And oh. yeah. There's also colorblindness. Colorblindness and corpulalia. And there was one post that I'll try to find a link to and put in the show notes about there's some sort of like a, a connective tissue disorder that they put in that the idea of it is that it makes you like more flexible or something like that. And, and from somebody who suffers from that, it's like explaining what it really is and, and like how that's not like super reductive and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's the kind of thing that I didn't really notice the first time I played through. And now that I'm noticing it, it's really kind of killing my interest in the game. Like I've tried to play it a couple times and mechanically, I love the game. Like it's, it's everything that I like in video games. Like it's, you know, it's a roguelike, it's a platformer. It's, and I, I loved, you know, the actual mechanics of the game, but now that I'm seeing this, it's like, I can't unsee it. And mm-hmm. it's just like, 
there's something to be said for in some cases where they're turning it into an asset, like with ADHD. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like, part of it is, like, at least it's they're like not talking. It's like making fun of it, though. It's really, it's really super reductive. Yeah. And, and it's reductive in a way that is really like kind that. of, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of, it's really killed my interest in it. Like, I've tried to play it a couple times, and I'm like, every time I see that, I try to pick something that's not, like, using one of those, and there's never a choice. Never yeah, you have to pick at least one, right? I don't, yeah. So... Yeah. But I, I agree with you, Steve. Like part of it, part of it is at least they're looking at it as a positive instead of a negative. But they're completely mistreating the suffering that people go through when they're dealing with certain things that they have. And so, you know, part of it, I, like I don't know if they're making fun of it while they're doing it, or if they're just not minimizing in, not it, or intentionally. Yeah, but like I don't know. Making it into a joke. Yeah. Is, I don't know. I don't think that's. Good. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily a lot of like you know ill intent there, but it's just yeah. something like oh, there you know, this is funny. Isn't. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, this this seems funny. Let's throw it in, and it's like no, that's you know when I'm looking yeah. at it, it's not like you could do anything. You could you could do the exact same mechanic without throwing those words on it, and it would exactly. be fine. Because no doubt they have absolutely no clue. Yeah. You know, what people that are actually dealing with any one of those things are actually going through. Yeah. And so it makes me sad because I like the game itself, but I just can't enjoy it anymore. So, mm. you know, well, but what are you going to do? Play Life is Strange. Yeah, that's what I'll do. <laughs> I'll have more time for Life is Strange. Cool. I did play a couple more hours of Final Fantasy VI, but not enough to, you know. Still be. Yeah. I'm still. It's I'm never working through that. It's never like, enough. I played uh, 35 hours of it, but I'm not ready to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess we'll we'll wrap that up here. So um, we'll just say thank you to a few of the people who uh, who tweeted about the show this week. Um, Joe Karen 91, Herdy IV, uh, Ertsuki, Day Space, Angel SK, Alineal Storm, F Morgan 2K9, Jonathan A Daly. Uh, Where Rogue Left Oblique, Brother Bear, uh, Anth S, uh, David Northart, Panda and Atox, uh, Furstenberg, Lead Miniature, John VDC, Brendan Sparks, and everybody else who tweeted about the show. Uh, thank you so much for spreading the word. We really, we really do appreciate it a lot. Um, we love that seeing people talking about the show, and it helps us out a lot. And the other thing that helps us out a lot are uh, if you go and rate or review the show on iTunes, um, that definitely bumps up our rating, and it helps uh, bring us to other people's attention and to iTunes' attention. So if you can do that and take the time out to do that, uh, we really super do appreciate it. You can also find the show notes for this show and every show at 5x5.tv slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can send email feedback via email to feedback back at isometricshow.com and you can follow all of us on twitter the show's account is at isometric show i am at wicked good brie where can people find you uh dancing all night watching the persona 4 trailer for vita just repeatedly it's just going to be on repeat frank is going to be very annoyed he's going to be pissed off at me also i'm on tw- the twitter machine which is <laughs> the, the bastion the twitters which is a bastion of all that is good in this universe so you can see me on there at space cat gal so are you left shark when you're or right shark when you're yeah, uh, we when talked you're about this on rocket <laughs> christina warren is clearly uh left shark and I, I feel like I'm more right shark just because I'm like very, this is how it should be. Does that mean that Simone is Katy Perry then? Come on. Come on. You know Simone. She's totally <laughs> Katy Perry. Right. Just confirming. Just confirming. Yeah. Simone yeah. is Mar- is Marshawn Lynch sitting on the on the oh, sidelines while they, uh, sorry. No, you got to get actual Marshawn Lynch on your show. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maddie, where can people find you? I am also on Twitter, which is all that is evil in the world. It's Samus Clone. And Georgia? You meant good. You meant good, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can Twitter's. find me at Georgia underscore Dow. 
So uh, thank you as always for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Down, crack a